Hello, welcome to the My Mind with a Stephen Taylor. Here we go. Bring the rhythm. Bring, bring, bring the rhythm. That was um. This is an intro that I've had to re-record and place in front of audio because I just did a whole bit, a whole story for you know however long, and I forgot to do an intro. So this is the intro. So you're probably going to hear the same Jamaican thing that you heard before after this one. So enjoy that because that's where this is. That's how we do it when we don't really know how to do it. Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome to my mind with Stephen Taylor. Here we go. We're going to run, run the rhythm, run the rhythm right here and get into some hot topics that we have for you today. Today we have... Well, I'm not going to do that the whole episode. That might be a bit much uh, for me and possibly for you guys. Um, I've taken a bit of a break from this um, just to... Not for any reason. Well, I've just been really busy with life. Life kind of gets you grabs a hold and tends to not let go. It's like life is like Cujo, the dog <laughs> from the old Stephen King book. It just like barks at you all the time and gets really, really cranky and doesn't want you in the yard, but you have to go into the yard to progress your life and do things in your life. So you have to, you have to, you have to go in there and just look at Cujo in the face and go, look, I need to get past. I need to get through here. So life, you need to help me out and just maybe bark at someone else for a little while so I can get through and continue my life. And it's like, it's a series of Cujos that are just like, you jump the fence and then you're into the next yard and it's another Cujo, you know? So anyway, enough about uh, Cujo. Shout out Stephen King, one of the, better um, horror writers, horror novellas, as it were. Um, yeah. Anyway, so has life been good to you? Feel free to answer. If not, it, get, it could get weird if you start um, answering to me. But how's life been for you? Has it been good? Now we're getting into that time of the year where it's now coming to the end of the year and now... Um, you start ticking off achievements and what you should have done this year and what you're going to do next year. And you start looking towards seeing family and friends around uh, this time of year, it being Christmas. Um, you start sales, sales start up, the good old Black Friday. I don't really understand Black Friday sale in Australia because I'm pretty sure Black Friday things are because of like Thanksgiving in America or something. Maybe. I'm not too sure. I'm not going to read into it or Google it because that's just not how I want to find things out. If you do know, let me know. Um, but yeah, so this year, um, I've definitely ticked a lot of boxes in my personal life and with my work and um, with my um, kind of outlook as well. My outlook's changed a lot uh, in life, which has definitely been for the better. I think this 
doing this here, um, getting getting into more of a rhythm. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say now, but you know, uh, I was doing it once a week, and it, you know, it's good. It's a good platform to vent your frustrations and just have a bit of a ramble. Really, just get on the old rambling train. I know I do tend to focus on you know like hospitality stories and stuff like that because they're funny. They're just comedy gold, you know? Um, but, you know, that's only my life's experience. They're, they're the things that I've experienced and I've had to, um, that I've had to do, which is for better or worse, made me a, um, a better and a worse person. I like to think it's maybe more of a better person and a better chef, you know, over the years. You don't tend to think all the experiences you've had have amounted to nothing and you're worse off. That's probably a horrible outlook and uh, not a nice outlook either. Um, if I'm speaking too fast, you know, it's because I've had um, not an excessive amount of caffeine. I would say I've had the right amount of caffeine. I've got a coffee in front of me. So if I stop and slurp a little bit, just, you know, excuse me. Um, I don't tend to listen to this podcast. Um, too too deeply i tend to just listen to it and just enjoy um no i don't enjoy it i tend to listen to it so i can fix things and um make make it better for you guys you know i make it better for you guys you know it's still it's all good for me you know i'll do it in a car i'm like sam i am no i'm like the guy from sam i am that won't eat green eggs and ham you know I'll, I'll do it anywhere. I'll do it in a chair over there on a train with a goat in a moat. Hot fire. Here we go. Um, yeah. So I tend to listen back to it. And one of the things I've noticed is that I think a, a, a lot of them that I was doing was like early spring and like people mowing their lawns and I sniff a lot. I don't understand what that is. Well, I do because people mowing their lawns and I've got windows open and you need to get airflow. I don't like to live in an air-conned house. I like to live in a house with windows. My wife would probably say, Stefan, you don't really open windows at all, but I do I do enjoy open windows and looking at nature. Right now, I'm looking at nature. I'm looking at uh, the water, some grass. There's a tree in front of me, which is great. I like to thank the people... Um, Whoever has, whoever's got the power to choose where trees are um, planted, they've chosen to only plant one tree in front of my lounge room towards the water. So thank you for that. I'm really appreciative because it makes the view, excuse me, really, really nice, which is great. Um, yeah, so it, it comes to this time of year and we all make plans for better or worse to go see family and friends and, you know, we really start thinking about how our lives are going and how they're progressing. And like I said, I think mine's going really well, you know, and I, I haven't said that in a, quite a time, I would say. And my wife feels the same as well. She feels like this 2020 for us has been really good. I mean, I'm not going to get into what has happened in 2020 and what's been going on because, you know, if you want to, if you want to hear about that stuff, this is the wrong place, you know, if you want to hear about current events and news, it's you're definitely not coming here to listen to it. <laughs> and I'm not going to talk about it, you know. No, one, I'm not like an expert. I'm a chef, you know. Like, what do I know about all that stuff, 
you know, I know about like hospitality and like movies and books and music and games and stuff. Like that's my life. That's what I want to focus on. You know, I don't really, I'm not too phased. I'll happily listen to it, but I'm not going to talk about it because I don't want to talk about something that I know nothing about. Like what's the point, you know? You, you, you know, you don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I wouldn't like to hear me talk about something that I have no knowledge of because it would be ridiculous. It would just me banging on about what I don't know. And that's, you know, that's what, not, that's, uh, what I'm not going to do. So I'm going to talk about the last couple of years because it's this time of year. Um, my wife and I have recently... Not recently, maybe the last three years, three Christmases we've had, we've bought a real tree, a real bona fide Christmas tree. Smells like pine, tastes like pine, looks like a pine tree. Like it looks like a Christmas tree. I don't, we don't have it up now because it's still November. I feel like you got to wait till December at least to put your, put your tree up um, and start doing the decorations and stuff like that. So you got to wait. You know, it's timing. You can't just put you can't just put Easter stuff up in March. Like you know, people call you ludicrous, and you can't put Christmas stuff up in November. That's a, a personal feelings. They're my personal feelings about it. Um, so we got a tree. We're, we're getting a tree. We're going to get a new tree, um, fresh tree. When we're finished with the tree, you know, I just cut it up in bits and then put it out the back. But I strongly recommend going and buying a tree. Give it a go. You know, your your house will smell like Christmas, which is a strange thing because this is <laughs> the only the third year that we've had a Christmas tree that like a real one. And every other time it's been, you know, the bought plastic trees. You know, I think we experimented with a white one one year um, when I was growing up, which wasn't too flash, you know. And then, you know, so the house never smelt like Christmas. It never smelt like anything because what does plastic smell like? Plastic smells like plastic, I suppose. But um, it's nice having a living, breathing tree where you can put your prezzies under and all your little bibs and bobs, put your little, um, your little stuff on there. Actually, I'll tell you a story of like great humanity, right? So when uh, my wife went and got the tree stand, because you can't just buy a tree, right? You can't buy a tree and then not have a stand. You have to have a stand and the stands, they look like a, um, they look like a stand. I don't know. They're like circular. They've got like a big hole in the middle where you put the tree and they got screws in it. So you screw the tree into it. So it doesn't wobble and shake in that. And, um, we, we moved out, um, last year to a place where we wouldn't need it. So we got rid of our tree stand. And um, so we bought a, another one for this year uh, or for last year. No, for this year. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, she went and bought it and this lady was like, oh, do you want like, do you have any decorations to go with your tree, with your, your stand and the new tree you're going to get? And wife was like, oh not really, we're just going to go and buy some. And she was like, oh, you can just have these and gave us this big 20 liter plastic tub full of tinsel and ornaments and stuff, which is awesome. You know, it's great saving money at any, at any, at any point, which is great. Um, 
the, th- the thing is, like, some I don't think she looked through the decorations in quite a time because some of them have got like they're like the handmade ones from you know their their kids, I think, because one of them's like Christian and it's like a little paper angel, and then there's like Mark and it's a little like um, ball, and then there's one for dad and one for mum. So I'll you know we'll keep the mum and dad ones because that saves Ray, my son, a bit of a, a bit of hassle. You know he doesn't have to. Doesn't have to go and do it. You can just go and, um, you know, pick him out and tell us that he did it. We know he didn't, but it's okay. Um, so that's about as exciting as um, my Christmas stuff goes. I mean, you know, everyone expects, maybe not expects, but everybody is wanting presents, I think. As, a, as you get older, you don't necessarily think, oh, I'm going to get some sick prezzies this year. You know, you just kind of think, oh, it's just for the kids. And then I kind of understand how um, adults kind of think about Christmas now. When when I was a kid, you know, they just think, oh, kids are getting presents. You know, what for? What do they need prezzies for? You know, so now I'm not thinking that, but I sometimes think that, but that's okay. Um. I wanted to talk about someone in my life who has been a massive influence and actually haven't spoken to um, this family member. She's a, she's a family member. She's my auntie. I don't usually talk about um, too much heavy stuff, you know, but I figured I was talking to, um, another family member about it and they were like, she's lived quite a life, you know, you should catalog that because she's done some wild things and which she has, you know. Um, so I'll give you a bit of backstory. So uh, I grew up in a regional town and for those of you who don't know, I'm not going to say where the town is, but that's where I grew up. Um, but um, I, I've got an older brother. And when I was born, our mum passed away. And, you know, so just grew up without a mum, which is which is all good. I have a lot of family, which I'm very, very thankful for. I didn't really understood it until um, I was in, you know, my mid-20s. And I started, you know, I, I started to have a family. And then I really valued family. You know, I really didn't see it until it was almost too too long to grasp, you know. Like I really didn't come around to the idea of family because how I seen it was, uh, you know, uh, my dad, my brother and I, you know, that's how I seen this, the family, even though we were surrounded by, you know, a, a lot of family members, not a lot, but enough, you know, enough for any kid to not want a family member. And you get this weird idea for me, I got this weird idea that the only family I had was blood related, even though I had, even though I have family, you know, but I, I only ever thought it was like my brother and my dad, they were, they were the only family I had for a very, very long time, which is very, very close minded and single minded to think about all these people that have now influenced my life and made my life and changed my life for the better. Um, Anyway, so it's just uh, my dad, my brother, and myself, you know, living in, in various houses. And um, my 
my my dad passed away when I was eight. So then, you know, it was a bit shocking. <laughs> it was a bit crazy, a bit of a wild uh, time, passed away from a heart attack. He was a, from what I know, he was a lovely man. And, you know, I was eight. So the memories I have of him is, you know, well, they're quite nice. You know, I've got a couple of um, not necessarily bad memories, but definitely ones that um, I'm not too much of a fan of. But I look back now and I think, you know, they're good memories because I can remember them. I can remember the moments I had with my dad and I'm quite thankful for those memories because there's, you know, it could have gone the other way. You know, I could have easily not had parents, you know, easily. You know, my dad could have flown off the wagon when his wife died, you know, my mum. So I'm quite thankful that, you know, he did he did his best to do right by um, us kids. And anyway, so my dad died and my, <laughs> my auntie, who was my mum's, um, my mum's auntie, <laughs> And she was just our auntie, you know? So that was like, yeah, it's not weird because she's always been my auntie. And like now to this day, and I only realized this maybe six years ago, seven years ago, that she is like, she is my, you know, she's my mom now, you know? That's how she definitely seen it when we were younger because she's quite stubborn. But uh, anyway, she um, became our like caretaker guardian for, um, our, our teenage years and preteen years. And, uh, when, when we're young adults really, and you could like, just imagine that I'm half Thai and I'm half Australian. My dad was Australian. My mom was Thai and my auntie's Thai. And she's very, very, this is probably where I get my single-minded and closed-mindedness from is from my auntie because she's so stubborn and I'm quite stubborn sometimes. Um, and <laughs> she, she's just, she's just hard as nails, eh? She's just this, this out of this world character, you know, imagine being, um, being in this, being in a foreign country for one, having a daughter who goes to school here and she just works hard. She, she's always worked hard. She worked in an abattoir for um, 10 years and she did like a lot of other hard work and she um, did some wild stuff in Thailand and that where she's from. Um, But she always made money to provide, whether it be to send to her money, send to her family in Thailand or to, to have for us. And she, she, she became, like I said, our guardian and our caretaker. And imagine being this little Asian lady in her like late forties and then taking on a 10 year old and an eight year old from your nieces, they're your nieces kids and you just take them on. And then because we don't know really what's like happening. I mean, like you don't, you don't really understand how like the loss affects you until, you know, unfortunately it happens. You don't really understand it. And you can't talk about grief about experience, some grief yourself, you know, and 
you know, I always thought I'd dealt with it quite well, but then, you know, through other addictions and ailments, I <laughs> quickly realized that I have not dealt with it really well. <laughs> you know, we all put on a brave face and a strong stance, but, you know, uh, stuff goes through the cracks. Anyway, and just and taking on these kids and then having to raise these kids into being adults. And look, my brother and I, we weren't exactly the greatest of kids, you know. We, I think we did, we did well, but you know, she would, she was like, well, she was the mum, you know. She just knew because her and I are quite, quite alike, and you could just, you could, you could feel the air when she was going to say something to just get under your skin. You know, you've got that that one parent that just knows how to get under you and like really ruin your day and uh to this day we're you know we're quite friendly but there's always an unresolved argument that she may or may not bring up or i may or may not bring up you know for some reason that's just how we um you know we have these weird arguments but then it's nothing you know because i i've 100 percent respect and love that woman and could not have any more love for that woman than what I have. You know, I probably wouldn't live with her again, but I've got so much tremendous amount of respect for, for my auntie and all my family members, I should really say, you know, but she, she really took on, she didn't have to, I mean, you know, she, she didn't have to do anything with us. Really. She could have just, you know, left us to social services, really, you know, what, what did she owe us as kids, you know, but she meant enough to her. We meant, we meant enough to her for her to really, to really care about. And that, you know, pulls on the heartstrings. And I think about that now. And I think I wouldn't change my upbringing for anything. You know, of course, I would have loved to have my mom and my dad and my graduation at my formal, you know, to see me become a chef, to earn my qualification, to, you know, go and work in all these uh, nice places and some not so nice places, but to still talk about it with them. But I I wouldn't change it because it made me the person that I am and made me so comfortable to be who I am to, you know, my friends, family, and my colleagues, you know, I wouldn't change that for anything. You know, a lot of people say, you know, when you get, I'm not old, I'm not going to complain about being a little bit older, but I'm not 22, you know, I'm, I'm 20, I'm 29, I'm 30 next year. So whether that means anything or nothing, you know, so I'm, I'm okay. I used to get a little bit funny about getting old, but now I'm all right with it. I don't, I don't mind because I look at the circumstance that my auntie probably had when she was 29. And I think, you know, I'm doing all right. There could be a lot worse things happen to me <laughs> than um, what she would have had to go through for sure. Imagine being um, this little Asian lady and then having to to find work and the only work you'll find is kill lambs 
And, <laughs> and you know, she's obviously, well, not obviously, but she's, she's told me that she's killed things to survive, killed animals to eat animals in Thailand because that's like a way of life. So she just sees money in the hand, eh? All these people squirming, you know, grown men she's seen get squeamish and squirm over um, killing animals. But I'm telling you now, she is the size of like Tim Bailey, the weatherman. She's not tall. And, you know, I can already see her, this little Asian lady just taking down all these goats, cows and sheeps or whatever <laughs> to earn money, eh? You know, so, and I'm not doing that. I'm, you know, carving up animals after they've been um, processed. So, you know, I'm doing all right. But, um, yeah, she, you know, a lot of people say, um, oh, you know, if, if I could turn back time, I would tell myself to study harder. You know, if I could turn back time, I would have never have, I would have never have, touch drugs i would have never have taken up drinking you know i would have never have done that i would have made sure i was home at that time because you know i you know the impact but you can't learn from the past by trying to correct the past well you can't no sorry i think that's the wrong saying you can't create a future by trying to fix the past maybe that's right that feels right um so for me I'm quite happy. I'm very, very happy to um, be very fortunate to have lived the life I have lived. And, you know, look, I'll apologize now. I should have apologized before. We started off real fresh and vibey, but I really wanted to, because of this time of year, I really wanted to make a, um, a little bit more of an effort to acknowledge my auntie for everything and all my family for everything they've done. I won't tell you too many stories because you might think, nah, he's, he's full of, but a lot of, a lot of my friends out there already know a lot of the stories about, about my auntie. <laughs> and, you know, she was, you know, she's been in this country for, she's been in Australia now for more than 30 years, easy. And she still just couldn't be bothered to really learn the English language. <laughs> you know, she's just so stubborn. She's just quite happy to, um, get by with the, <laughs> the bare essentials. And she's quite happy to speak broken English to everybody and anybody who will listen, like she doesn't really care. And, um, yeah, she just couldn't care, which, you know, you got to respect, you know, and you got to admire that because like, there's been many a time where I've gone out of my way to learn, um, a certain etiquette and a way of speaking to people to make myself more presentable for the jobs that I, I, I go for and um, to be more confident in like speaking interviews and stuff like that. But she would like happily just like not care, eh? You know, she's quite happy not to care what other people think of her and that's great, you know, awesome. She has got some very close-minded views on a few things, which, you know, that more or less comes from her, her heritage or well, not her heritage, her, her upbringing, you know, you got to remember Well, you know, I got to remember because I never told you, but she grew up like quite poor in Thailand. Excuse me. I'm just going to have a sip of my coffee. If you hear a slurp, I'm, I'm very sorry. <sighs> Delicious. 
she grew up very much below the poverty line and she had a very large family in Thailand and she still looked after her mum while she was over here while my auntie was over here she you know always sent she always sent money home to the family in Thailand I remember she sent them enough money to like fix their their farmhouse their house that you know she grew up in and they sent us a a photo of this toilet and my brother and I we were in hysterics we were like why are they sending us a photo of a toilet but it's because they didn't have one (laughs) you know we were like 13 14 at the time and up until that time they just had a hole with three walls around it and the three walls were probably you know pretty new you know that's all they had they just had a hole in the ground but now they have working plumbing and my brother and I, we just laughed. We were in hysterics, like, what? Yeah, our Thailand family's so crazy. They're taking photos of toilets and, and like, walls and indoor plumbing. Like, what? That's crazy. Who, who's taking photos of that, you know? And it's not till now I look back and go, because they didn't have it. They didn't have a toilet. They literally pooped in a hole. <laughs> That's what they did. And that was the only way. Or they pooped in the bush. Or they, you know, they didn't have a toilet. And they didn't have all these things that um, Western society, you know, really take for granted. Imagine that. Imagine you just went a year without a toilet. I'll let you sit on that or squat over it, really. Imagine going a year without a toilet. How much would you want that toilet back? I can tell you now, I want the toilet now more than ever. But, um, you know, you, if you don't grow up with something, then, you you know, you, you really respect it and you really value it. You really see the value, you know, of, of the thing. It's like when people say... Um, Oh, money changes everything. When you get money, it changes everything. If you come into a lot of money, it'll change you. You know, money will will change. Money doesn't buy happiness. I'll tell you right now, growing up with not that much, and you gave me $10 million, you would change my life. And it would definitely, I don't know if it'd buy me absolute happiness that I have now, but it would definitely it would definitely make it nicer. <laughs> it would be, it would be okay. I, I wouldn't complain. I would be pretty happy with, uh, the things I have and, 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 and what I've got, you know, but I think it's, it's the life, it's the, the life example. If my son say, say if I got $10 million and because I didn't have $10 million growing up accessible of, you know, I'm okay to, to um, be around that kind of money and not have it go to my head. Well, that's the dream, right? But if my son grew up always knowing that we had that money, his perspective of life and how hard you have to work would definitely change, you know, because we didn't have, you know, ready money to go at one time. Obviously, my family provided and did everything they could to um, make sure that we 
and we never wanted as kids you know that's like you know the blurred line you, you see you know you don't you never look and say oh really needed that growing up you know you don't you just see what you have and you make the most of it you know that's what being a kid's about really it's just using your imagination to be and do what you want to do and pretend what you have and have not you know so we, we were just you know great I couldn't ask for it like you said before you know i couldn't ask for a better um a better upbringing but let's get into some of these hot juicy because i won't ramble too much on about my auntie and family you know maybe people do want to hear more about it but um you know i'll i'll, I'll say one thing i'll say one more thing about her she my name is stefan and it's spelled s-t-e-f-a-n and my mother um she named me after um a, a tennis player from the 80s because she fancied the name i imagine and <laughs> and I, I was named after for all you australian listeners and maybe even british people i was named after paul robinson you know paul robinson's a character but the actor's name is stefan someone and i was named after him as well because my mom loved neighbors you know so my name is spelled S-T-E-F-A-N and it's pronounced Stefan. Not Stefan, not Stephen, just just Stefan. My auntie, who has, she's definitely aware and knows how my name is spelled and how it should sound, but she has never called me Stefan. She just continues to call me Stefan. Stefan, she says like that, Stefan. You know, we make fun of her sometimes for it, but she has never made an effort to say my name properly and you know it's it's funny to look like now but when you're trying to tell people that's not your name and then your auntie says so step on you know it's a little embarrassing for all your friends and then they call you that and you know it's a you know it gets a little weird and a little bit but it's okay because i obviously love my auntie and i'm quite happy quite happy to um to wear that one really so you know that's that's it i'll tell you i'll tell more stories of her when i speak to her because I, I plan on taking you know a bit of a notepad and asking a bit more about her upbringing because what i know it's like it's like what do people actually know about thor you know she's like this mythical person she's got this mythical and crazy history and this past that we all know about but we don't really know anything about you know like that's the that's the crazy part about all this is that she's this crazy um, <laughs> you know, head of our family, I guess. And, you know, she's just lived this extreme and far out and crazy and incredible life. You know, she's worked hard, nothing but in this life, but, you know, she has still got some stories. So I want to make sure that I can purvey them in the right way and definitely not shine a light on, you know, bad things that have happened to her. I don't want to glorify you know, if she has done bad things or whatever, I don't want to glorify or victimize her or anything like that. So I really want to get, I'm hoping to see her around Christmas time. So I'm hoping to get, you know, a big, a big list of what, of what she knows and has seen. And, you know, I can put some, some facts to some of the stories that she's told me and my brother as kids, you know, which I'm very excited about. I haven't told her any of this. So this might be the way she finds out. So I'm very sorry, but I, I really want to try and get the most honest part of those stories, you know, and she's, um, she's in her seventies now. So, you know, I feel like now's the right time to kind of go about it. 
But um, anyway, let's get in. If you guys don't know, I play a lot of Xbox. I play a lot of video games. And you guys will know that there's a game coming out and it's called Cyberpunk 2077. And it was meant to come out this month, but it's not coming out this month. This game has had more delays than like, it's just got a lot. I don't have an analogy. I'm usually really good with analogies, but I just don't have one. I was just going to say like, you know, a, a train in Piccadilly or something. I don't know. I wasn't going to get too creative, but this game has been trying to come out for so long and it's it's almost to the point of just please release it. Just please release this game so we can have this game and have it in our hands, you know, but you know, they don't want to. They want to release the best product of the game, which you got to respect as well. You know, thank you, Project CDK Red. You know, thank you for really making us wait. But I really hope that it is the best and purest form of the game. Um, what's what's another one really quickly? Um, the new Call of Duty Black Ops. I was whinging about it, saying that it's a 1.5 game. It is still definitely a 1.5 game as far as the story is concerned, but how they've evolved the game, it definitely feels and plays a lot like uh, the 2019 uh, Modern Warfare game. Uh, it definitely plays a lot like that. They've tried to go, a, a bit of a spoiler, they've tried to go with the campaign to make it a bit more um, revolving around the player instead of a character which is interesting for Call of Duty. They don't really do that. So it's nice to see that they're actually listening to some of the feedback that the gaming community has been giving them and they're trying to do a new approach and reinvent it, reinvent the wheel essentially because Call of Duty games kind of built what a, a first-person shooter campaign should be. You know, it's about a character in a war zone and, you know, or you're playing multiple characters throughout the same war kind of thing. Um but it's cool they're actually giving the player a little bit um a little bit of power. Actually, uh on a quick side note, I have to like wrap this one up because I have to go pick up my son soon. But I'll I'll just say one thing. I was um I read comics on my phone. I stopped buying hard copies of comics um quite a time ago just because I moved a lot and I moved a lot and then I had a son and then I had a dog and now I have a rabbit. Like I just didn't want all these comics to get eaten and destroyed because, you know, you, you kind of take pride in like hard literature. Um, uh, uh, a lot of the things I still do have, like uh, I've got the Watchmen still of the comic book, which I really, really love. That's one of the greatest. I'm not a DC guy either. But, you know, I'll happily listen to the facts, but that is by far one of the best graphic novels that's come out in the last 50 years, you know. If you haven't read Watchmen, then, you know, what do you really know about graphic novels, really? I mean, what do you know about Alan Moore's writing? You don't know. Did you know he did V for Vendetta? You know, it's based off his story, V for Vendetta with Hugo Weaving and Natalie Portman. That's actually the same guy that wrote uh, Watchmen. Did you know that? I knew that because I'm a bit of a bit of a nerd. But um, anyway, so um, Marvel's, um, so I, I buy the comics on my phone. And I read them digitally, which is fine because I've got a big phone and it's fine. I can just 
Um, it holds my place. I can read. I can jump in and out of comics. I don't have to go around and find all my Deadpool comics. I can just look at it on my phone. It's really convenient. It's really great. Um, thank you, Marvel, for the app, for creating it. And I've been I've been right there since um, uh, 09, I think I started uh, reading the app. So that's 11 years, I reckon, of reading the apps before I... Um, stop buying hard copies so you know it's it's great i've got like mostly all of the deadpool comics just on my phone you know i can just pick up a a volume three or or a volume two or like read you know some the some of the niche titles that didn't really come out in australia as well like it's really cool uh anyway so marvel are doing this series at the moment and it's called marvel snapshots and it's actually about the golden age of superheroes. And it's really, really interesting. What they've done, they've done this really, uh, I don't know if it's unique, but it's definitely unique for the kind of uh, comic book storytelling that Marvel usually do. Usually it centers around a hero and a character, the, the hero character, and it tells their, you know, backstory, prequel, whatever, and what they're doing and, you know, how they're trying to beat up Ultron or Thanos or whatever. But this time they're doing it from when the in the golden age of comics so like your iron wins your name or your captain america so when they first appeared to civilization it's actually telling the story from the like civil like um civilian characters in like their reaction to it it's called marvel snapshots if you're into comic books and you want to read like a fresh and interesting thing definitely check it out because it is really, really cool. It's just such a different um, reinventing of the wheel kind of thing, kind of deal. You know, it's like a different perspective that you should definitely try and check out if you really love comics. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit into the the Iron Man one at the moment, and it's really cool. You know, it's Golden Age Iron Man as well, with like the little horn. <laughs> He looks more like a knight than the Iron Man from the cinematic theater uh, universe, which is, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to, to read. Um, but yeah, a couple of legendary writers in it as well. Um, I just can't name for the moment. I was just reading, reading one before. Uh, anyway, uh, I have to wrap it up because I have to go pick up my wee baby child who's not a wee baby anymore. He's in big school now, which is very, very exciting. He's been in big school all this year, actually. I don't know why I've just mentioned it. Uh, anyway, um, so I'll probably bring out two this week because I've been very, very slack. And I fully acknowledge that I've been a bit slack. Actually, one of my um, friends called me and asked me, what was I doing? Because I hadn't put up a podcast in two weeks, you know, which is quite humbling. So thank you. This uh, This one's not for you but it's definitely a shout out to you to acknowledge it. Um, Anyway. Uh, uh, That's it. I'll wrap it up there. Thank you for listening to me uh, rant and rave and get a bit of perspective on um, on my kind of upbringing. Uh, Like I said, um, my auntie, the book is coming soon, available to all Dimmicks and retail readers are available on Kindle. It's not really, I'm not really going to write a book about my auntie. I probably should because, you know, it'd be quite interesting, but we'll see how we go. All right. Anyway, all right. That's it. Done. <laughs>